This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now here's Roger. Hello and welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I know I don't sound like Roger, but I am a great friend of Roger's and I really love the fact that he chose me to sit in for his show today. I am, of course, Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. And it's really been an honor and privilege to work alongside Roger here at Salem Media Group Orlando because he is such a professional and he really knows his way around not only the local community here because of his family heritage here, but of course uh, his way around the great world of radio. So uh, anyways, I thank you for being out there listening as well. And uh, I hope that uh, you will enjoy the show. I'm going to try to, you know, kind of carry on in, in Roger's uh, in Roger's. Uh, Tradition, Rogers fashion, if you will. So uh, I hope I can uh, rise to the occasion. So anyway, I hope you are having a a great weekend. And uh, thanks for tuning in to this great radio show and these great radio stations. I appreciate that so much. Okay, so I want to go over a couple of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. And I want to start with the Supreme Court uh, controversy, shall we call it, Uh, the leak and the rough draft and what appears to be the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And uh, I want to kind of give it a little bit more historical perspective because, uh, you know, when we look at the contentious nature of the political debate in our country these days, we think, gosh, has it ever been any worse than this? It's got to be, this has got to be the worst. I mean, where this is, this is, oh man, with the social media and everything, oh, this is awful stuff. And certainly the social media has, uh, allowed or enabled uh, more people to be involved in the public discourse in a, shall we say, far-reaching fashion, but uh, it certainly has not brought more civility to the discourse. That is a fact. And so people actually, then they assume that, uh, well, could never have been any worse than this. Well, yeah, it has been. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, contentious political debate has been the the rule, not the exception, of course, in our country's history. And that's because of uh, the nature of our government. You know, our founders uh, based their, uh, their, ba- their beliefs were based in, and their proclamations, their writings, and their government documents and ideas, constitution, were all based in natural law, and natural law being pretty much you know, God's law. And, and that, that there are the things that we just cannot change in nature. And uh, one of those things is our own nature, human nature. It has been and always built, will be of the sinning nature. <laughs> we seem to be very good at sinning and, uh, and maybe not quite so good at not sinning, but uh, certainly we try. It's not maybe for the lack of trying, at least amongst uh, many of us. And I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just trying to say that, you know, we're human beings and prone to making bad decisions and having accidents. And that's just the nature of of things. And because uh, we are uh, all distinct and individual, we also have distinct and individual uh, perspectives on the world around us. I mean, two people can be standing side by side and look at the world and see very different things and uh, oftentimes do. 
And so it uh, it is also natural that we don't get along with each other sometimes, that we have disagreements, that we uh, that we look at things differently and, and think of different approaches or different solutions to different problems. And so our founders knew that uh, the the only way for a people to be truly free is that you have to allow for these various differing pers- perspectives. And so uh, with the inspiration of our creator, they designed a constitution and a form of government that's based on people pretty much disagreeing with one another. And in that, that we come to truth and that we also keep one side and the other from going too far. And so it, it's uh, you might say, well, you know, it, can't ever get anything done. Well, I don't know about that. They certainly seem to pass a whole lot of laws. They certainly get a lot of things done. Maybe not what is in the best interest of the public so often, though. So, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Churchill said uh, something to the effect of, you know, uh, uh, Democratic Republic is uh, the worst, go- worst government of all except for all the rest. And so it's, it's not meant to be efficient. It's meant for us to be free. And if you want efficiency, go live under communism. But, of course, to be efficient, you can't be free. And that's, by the way, part of the threat of this new world order, which is not necessarily just political in nature, but it is also technological in nature, that the new world order is going to be capable of, of, shall we say, monitoring and governing our every move all in the name of efficiency, right? Uh, we, need, uh, we need to move people around more efficient, so more efficiently, so uh, we're going to have to do away with individual automobiles and put everybody in mass transit. That's more efficient, right? Uh, when it comes to medical care, we're going to give everybody the same medical care because that's more efficient, even though we're all different when it comes to our bodies. That's, you know, that doesn't work under efficiency. You see, there's, efficiency isn't always so great, and especially when it comes to human behavior, because efficiency basically means uh, lack of liberty. So our founders, once again, under the inspiration of our creator, came up with a form of government that did not emphasize efficiency. It emphasized liberty and the pursuit of truth, and that they knew that a form of government that allows for differing perspectives, uh, even though that it would be contentious and, and oftentimes uh, hostile, was nonetheless the most guaranteed form of liberty. So, uh, once again, it has been the nature of our politics. And by the way, this is the nature of politics in general. You know, Machiavelli wrote about this. The only difference is, you know, under monarchies or dictatorships, only a handful of people can have a say about things. And uh, if they don't go along with the king or the dictator, off comes their head. So, you know, there there is no freedom. There is no liberty. You do what the dictator tells you. You, you do what the king tells you. And if you don't like it, off with your head. So <laughs> I think I'd rather be in our form of government, given even all of the, shall we say, the, the political uh, angst out there. So um, and, they, and, and our Constitution, by no coincidence, was written for times like our own. It was written knowing that this was, you know, 
going to be the, the state of nature because it is based on human nature. And so it, it has checks and balances and guarantees the Bill of Rights, which is the foundation of our form of government, our, our nation. And it, those are the things that get us through times like this. And, uh, and by the way, if uh, people on the left, you know, were truly concerned about the, the state of our nation and uh, public well-being, uh, when Donald Trump was president, instead of spreading mass hysteria that he was some sort of uh, racist and Nazi and uh, Russian elected and all of this nonsense, they would have been saying, to, they would have been, uh, you know, uh, shall we say, soothing their their uh, political followers, the Democrats, by saying, look, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he's not our kind of guy. We don't go along with anything he preaches. We don't like what he says. But our Constitution is going to get us past him to a better day. In- instead of saying that, uh, they basically resorted to lies, innuendo, rumor, and thievery, theft. So be it, so be it. So, but anyway, uh, that brings me back to the Supreme Court thing because uh, a lot of people are angry uh, at what's going on now, and and many of them blaming Donald Trump and conservatives and Republicans because it's the three new conservative members of the Supreme Court that made this possible. And of course, they say that that's why we need to stack the court with uh, more members or make their terms uh, uh, limited and other such uh, uh, arguments. Um, of course, that would be contrary to the history of the court. But one is not contrary to the history of court uh, is dealing with contentious issues, obviously, and in some occasions, very contentious issues. And in more than one occasion, the, they have made very bad decisions, which has led to uh, more public strife uh, afterwards. And, uh, of course, uh, currently that would be the Roe v. Wade decision. Uh, Whether you are for or against abortions does not matter when it came to the Roe v. Wade decision because it was not based on the Constitution. It was bad law. Uh, Every constitutional scholar that has any ounce of integrity uh, admits that it was bad law based on uh, nefarious and and vapor, vapish, uh, uh, phrases uh, gleaned from the Constitution, which had nothing to do with the outcome of the case. And uh, however, it was pushed through uh, with a 7-2 majority. And so it, it became accepted as the law of the land. However, everyone knew and, and, and was, was nervous ever since that it would be readdressed and revoked even Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg recognized the weakness in the the uh, reasoning behind the decision and knew that there may may be a day like today, and uh, and it and it it, it is it is a, a situation where it's it's not even so much based on the uh, scientific reality of what we now know about how early life actually is, begins or is quote-unquote viable, and, uh, and, but it is based simply uh, on the fact that Roe v. Wade was a very bad decision, and it has led to very bad things afterwards. But it wasn't the first one 
that led to a situation like this. When we come back, I'll talk about that. But in the meantime, I'd like to thank Florida Door Solutions because Florida Door Solutions supports the Roger Franklin Williams Show and all the programs you hear on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. So please support Florida Door Solutions when you have those garage door and other needs. Uh, They are the folks to talk to. All right, so I am Christopher Hart, and I am sitting in for Roger Franklin Williams, and I'll be right back. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Christopher Hart, once again, sitting in for Roger. By the way, Jeff Sinis is on the other side of the glass, the bridge, as I like to say, and I want to thank him for his assistance today. You know, now that spring has arrived, we want you to know that the guys at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair have everything you will need to keep your lawn and property in top shape this spring and summer. Apopka Mower carries the best lawn mower and power equipment products in the business. Find our find out more at apopkamowerrepair.com. That's Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and fix the rest. Apopkamowerrepair.com. Okay, uh, as I said, the situation that's going on in the Supreme Court now is not unique in the sense that it's you know highly emotionally charged issue. Uh, it is unique in the sense that we've had this unprecedented leak, which has really complicated things and, and sort of stirred up uh, the uh, political uh, fires, uh, obviously done on purpose. I, I'm not here really today to talk about that so much uh, as as the general nature of the contentiousness of uh, rescinding the uh, Roe v. Wade decision. Uh, but at least we got a chance to rescind it. Uh, and, and it was done by another court, and it was done with legal reasoning, sound, legal, constitutionally based legal reasoning uh, as to the uh, unconstitutionality of the Roe v. Wade decision. And so, as I said, though, that this court, the Supreme Court making uh, big, bad decisions is not uh, new. Uh, I'd like to take you back to the Dred Scott decision. <clears throat> Many of you, of course, are familiar with the Dred Scott decision. Uh, it was called uh, Scott versus Sanford. That was the legal case. And it was, uh, it was uh, uh, decided in 1857, and uh, the court ruled 7-2 that Dred Scott, who was a slave, and had escaped and was uh, living in a free state and territory where slavery was prohibited, was prohibited, <clears throat> was not entitled to his freedom. Uh, that African Americans were not and can never be citizens of the United States, and that the Missouri Compromise of 1820, which had declared free territories, all territories free west of the Missouri and north of latitude 36 degrees, uh, it was unconstitutional. The decision added fuel to the sectional controversy and pushed the country closer to civil war. I'm reading from a a recount of this. And it is, you know, uh, 
up until Roe v. Wade, uh, and and even to, to even with Roe v. Wade, this was considered the worst decision ever made by the Supreme Court. Uh, many, as, as as it as it alludes to, say it pushed the country closer to civil war. Many would argue that it that it sealed the fate of the country that we would go to civil war, uh, because uh, it it closed the door uh, entirely on freedom for slaves and and African Americans, and so. Uh, it, it, because it, it ruled that African-Americans would not and could never be citizens of the United States. And that included free African-Americans, the African-Americans who lived in the free states and African-Americans who were given awarded or given their freedom. They granted their freedom uh, that uh, they would never be able to be citizens of the United States. So and it struck down the Missouri Compromise. So this this. Once again, it slammed the door and it cut off all room for maneuvering. It cut off all room for uh, negotiation. It cut off all room for debate. It just slammed the door. So, nope, nope. If you're a slave, you're a slave. If you're African-American, you're not going to be a citizen. That's it. And so that's not in the tradition of our Constitution. The tradition of our Constitution is it allows for debate, it allows for for legislation, it allows for uh, growth. This stopped it. So Scott was a, he was a slave. He was owned by John Emerson, and in 1833, Emerson undertook a series of moves as part of his service in the U.S. military. He took Scott from Missouri, a slave state, to Illinois, a free state, and finally into Wisconsin Territory, free territory. Uh, during this period, Scott met and married Harriet Robinson, who became part of the Emerson household. Emerson married in 1838, and in the early 40s, he and his wife returned with the Scots to Missouri, where Emerson died in 1843. Scott reportedly attempted to purchase his freedom uh, from his widow, and she refused. And with the help of anti-slavery lawyers, uh, Harriet and Dred Scott filed individual lawsuits for their freedom in Missouri State Court on the grounds that their residence in a free state and free territory had freed them from the bonds of slavery. It was later agreed that only Dred's case would move forward, not his wife's. The decision in that case would apply to her case as well. Uh, so... Uh, as I said, uh, this the, it, the 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 ruling opinion was uh, written by uh, Chief Justice uh, Roger Taney. Uh, it was once again considered to be one of the uh, worst decisions. He actually ignored president. He distorted history, and uh, he he ignored you know the fact that the Constitution once again allowed for change. And so this, as I said, though, it, it led, clearly led, contributed and contributed in a significant way to the Civil War. Now, I'm not here to say that we're going, you know, into a civil war over this matter. Uh, certainly, it is a, a political dispute of the highly, most highly contentious nature. And that's why I talk about this. I, I just want to say that. Look, for one, we've gotten through these periods before, and two, it was, it's been worse before with Dred Scott, because, in fact, what the Supreme Court did 
and if they're going to. Now, once again, the rough draft is not going to be the final opinion. It will be different. How different, we do not know. Uh, and we do not know if the the actual decision itself is going to be different because the, the justices could have, since the draft came out, have already changed their votes. Uh, or maybe they still will, or maybe they won't. But assuming that the Supreme Court does strike down Roe v. Wade, what they do is they do the reverse, actually, of the Dred Scott decision. Rather than closing the door on the debate, which is, in essence, what Roe v. Wade did, they kick the door back open again and say, nope, what we want is to leave it up to the people and to legislators and to science, and they will sort it out. And in that sorting out process, the best decisions will be come to. Uh, well, maybe not by everybody, and certainly not right away, because we also know, and all constitutional scholars and anybody that's knowledgeable and, and wants to actually speak knowledgeably about this case would tell you that when Roe v. Wade, if and when it is struck down, that is not the end of abortions. Uh, there will be various levels of abortions available in the various states, maybe as many as 50 different uh, systems. And by the way, some liberals, once again, they decry this, saying that, no, it should be one blanket solution for the entire country. Well, that's what Dred Scott was, and Roe v. Wade as well. And it has, it has, led to, uh, it has not led to there being more life and understanding it has led to there being more death and intolerance. So the so-called Roe v. Wade decision did not really settle the issue. Uh, it is an issue that, in essence, probably will never be finally settled, maybe in some states. Uh, but the, the point is that the science is going to be revealing things more as we uh, advance. And if I were a betting man on this, I would bet that if that the states that recognize that the at the point of individualization, when when you get your DNA, when you are individualized to be the person that you are, uh, that's when human life needs to be respected, and that's when rights need to accrue in some fashion or another. So it is a a, a situation where this is is going to continue to be contentious and to try to however come up with a blanket solution it, it the blanket solution would cut off half the nation from the debate it would cut off half the nation from uh, participating in in this uh, in, in other words the the truly universal solution would be okay all abortions are legal or all abortions are illegal those are the only two solutions that would be blanket, universal, cover all things everywhere, and it's all said and done. The only problem with that, half the nation would not settle for that. And certainly that might lead to a civil war, of, certainly of sorts. And I know you can argue, yeah, we're in political civil war right now. But once again, that is the nature of human beings, right? Now, the, the danger that we face once again, is that we get too involved in this and get too, in, in an emotional sense, and get too dug in where 
we will not allow ourselves to not necessarily agree with the other side, not even respect their decision, but respect their right to have it. So we must do that. And somebody's got to be the example of doing that. And I like to think that conservatives are that example. And I like to think that we can be that without having to be patsies. I think that Donald Trump has showed us the way to do that. Because Donald Trump respects the fact that Democrats have their point of view. Uh, He is not the authoritarian and the dictator that they would have us to believe. Maybe that's what scares them the most. All right. Uh, If you or someone you know or a member of your family need to find an auto repair shop that will care for your car, truck, SUV, or any other vehicle you own with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I and Roger Franklin urge you to visit the great guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair located at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail in Apopka. And please tell them that uh, you heard about them on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And I will be right back with Roger's show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Christopher Hart, sitting in for Roger. He'll be back next week. By the way, folks, I'd like to tell you about Dr. Patrick St. Germain and Burn Fat Orlando. You know, the Roger Franklin Williams Show and all the programs you hear on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, are brought to you with the support of Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic. When you are in pain, call Dr. St. Germain and find out why St. Germain Chiropractic has been voted best chiropractic once again. All right, so that's uh, Dr. Patrick St. Germain. Okay, so, uh, you know, I was talking about this Dred Scott thing and, you know, the way uh, the left is using this to whip their constituents into a state of anger. It's sad. Uh, It's tragic. Obviously, it does not lead to good debate. It does not lead to uh, people coming to understandings. It, It does not lead to... Uh, women getting, you know, better health care or anything like that. Uh, That's what maybe the Democrats would have us believe, uh, but that's not what this is all about. Now, certainly women are involved in the decision having uh, whether or not to have a child, uh, but once that child is an individual, their rights have to be respected as well. So uh, that's, that's where it turns, and the problem is that when... Democrats and the media uh, intentionally throw gasoline on the fire and make these hyperbolic statements. Uh, this is going to mean more women are dead and, you know, impoverished women aren't going to be able to to live a, a life that they should be able to live. Uh, these are just blatant lies, uh, not based on fact at all. In fact, many women who have abortions don't have the life that they might have had with a child, and it could have been so much better. You see, these these are subjective judgments made by people who not in any position at all to be able to make such judgments. Because basically, you, you have to be sitting way above us or, or, or have the grand scheme. You have to be God. 
to be able to make such a judgment as to say, okay, this child born into poverty uh, is, is uh, doomed to worse poverty. It, that, that is a totally, from a human perspective, subjective thing based on utter ignorance. You know, it, this, this was exemplified this past week when Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was testifying in front of the Senate. Uh, and and she was uh, uh, carrying on about how uh, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it will be awful for the uh, impoverished women and and women of color who who actually are more impoverished than other women, and uh, you know they wouldn't be able to have the life that they could have without that child, and the child would be born into poverty and be subjected to be even in even worse poverty because of the lack of education. Now, this is the Treasury Secretary, first of all, here. The Treasury Secretary, who understands or should understand more than anyone. And, and by the way, you want to talk about somebody with white privilege? Huh. It's, it's Janet Yellen. But anyway, she should know better than anybody the, the multitude of programs that the federal government, the state governments, offer to women in need when they are having children. And it's just utterly absurd for her to sit there, because basically what she's saying, she's trying to say, is that all of these things that we spend billions and trillions of dollars for don't work. (laughs) Well, a lot of people might agree with that, but that's not the point she was trying to make. The point she was trying to make is that she is rather godlike herself, you see, and that she can determine that if a child born into poverty, it, it, the life isn't worth it. So just go ahead and 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 and, and, and you know out the kid and and don't worry about it. Just go ahead and live a good good life, right? And that that just doesn't work that way, not in reality. And of course, she wasn't living in reality, and it was uh, only too precious that when Senator Tim Scott the black senator from South Carolina, I believe, uh, was the was questioning her and said, you know, I'm uh, and I'll paraphrase here. But he said, I'm, I'm so proud to be in a, a senator in America, having been born into poverty uh, for, you know, uh, into a single mother. And, and at least thank God that single mother gave him a chance. And we know that there are other agencies outside government that will also help out as well. For instance, the Choices Women's Clinics here locally and and other pregnancy uh, service centers, place where they'll help out pregnant women rather than, well, carve out their babies. So it is a, a, a situation where the Democrats, however, are in desperate need right now of something to motivate their base, their grassroots, because they are are totally uh, desperate uh, and disillusioned uh, with what's going on with the Biden administration. Uh, the economy's in a shambles. Uh, inflation is is sky high. The gas price, the price of gas, I should say, is uh, seems to go up every day. And when it does go down, it doesn't seem to stay down very long. And and we're we're now in a war again. I, I gotta wonder how many of these uh, Democrats who were the party of peace and the like, uh, how, how do they really feel about us 
providing all of this weaponry and and the sort to carry on this war over there. You know, uh, it's it, that can't sit too well with them either. Although they're not going to admit it to you, because see, they're ashamed. Uh, many people on the left are ashamed, and and that's why, first of all, they don't want to argue with you, and second of all, because they uh, they realize that they are being hypocrites in supporting this administration because they see what the administration is doing to the very constituents that it's supposed to help. And yet they feel also obligated to support the administration in anything it says or it does. And so they found they now find themselves in this predicament. And it's a predicament they could easily get out of, uh, but it's going to take swallowing some pride and and uh, and looking to God, and that seems to be alien to a lot of these folks. Uh, but uh, perhaps these times will will alleviate those uh, fears on their part, um, because it, it's it's really diabolical for the Democrats to try to whip people into a state of frenzy and anger and ignorance in order to get their way politically. Because their their way politically, this is not an ideology that's based on the well-being of the nation as a whole. That should be obvious to everybody. This is an ideology uh, that is being practiced by the Democrats primarily and some Republicans, shall we call them the deep state, neocons and the like, who are out there to uh, help the corporate entities that uh, have their fingers so deep into our government. Uh, It very much uh, reminds me of the speech that uh, Dwight Eisenhower gave as he was leaving office uh, warning about the military-industrial complex. Uh, That would be what we call the deep state. Uh, That was his uh, 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 description of it. And, of course, uh, he had seen that only too close, uh, being the commanding general of the Allied forces during World War II and then being elected president two terms uh, after that and, uh, and and seeing how these things work. And uh, and here we see it uh, in full in full view and full force today. And it's uh, it's it's something that we we have to uh, we have to deal with. We, we have to correct this. Uh, we cannot have just a f- small handful of corporate powers uh, that that wield basically poly dis- policy decisions in our government, uh, the way they wield uh, corporate decisions in the boardroom. So, and and by the way, this is a bipartisan thing. Uh, this past week, the New York Times uh, wrote an article uh, about uh, three of the major. Uh, uh, corporate entities in this country. These aren't really corporations. Uh, these are uh, uh, these are organizations that buy and sell corporations. And uh, and I'm talking about. Uh, let me. I want to pull the the exact names up here. Um, here we go. I'm talking about BlackRock Investment is one. Vanguard is another, and State Street. They control not just so much in the form of wealth, 
but they control a whole lot in the form of politicians. And therein lies the problem, uh, because they are only too anxious to sell us out to the Chinese or anybody else who will give them a deal. So, as I said, this is a bipartisan thing, and it's a shame that the Democrats are in. And this is, by the way, this is the way they've been doing business for a long time. Uh, This is nothing new. It was not new during the Trump era, although it was more far more intense during the Trump era. Uh, But this is the way they do business. Uh, Keep the people that uh, they claim to be uh, the champions of ignorant of the realities as to what they can actually do for them and uh and and also uh keep the the political uh atmosphere stirred up and as full of hate and anger as possible uh because as uh, carl jackson one of our colleagues uh likes to say uh when they got you mad uh you can't think right <laughs> and so that's why they are always trying to keep you mad so uh, from our side you know we 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 get uh we get mad but but it is it only motivates us to get more information with which to deal with them on their side when they get mad they just simply want to get ugly and that's what's been going on out, out, outside the uh, supreme court justices houses all right so uh but uh in the meantime uh when i come back i'm going to have vito Ferra of network sound and video on with me and we'll find out what's been going on over there all right once again you're listening to the roger frank franklin williams show And I am Christopher Hart, and I certainly do appreciate that. So please do not go away, because I'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I am Christopher Hart, and once again, thank you for tuning in, and uh, thanks to Roger for letting me sit in for him. It really is an honor and privilege to do this. And uh, I've told you about some of the great sponsors of the great programming here, and I'd like to bring on to the show now another great sponsor here who also sponsors the American Adversaries radio show. And he's a great friend, he's a great Christian, and they've got a great business, and they've been doing great work here in Central Florida for a long time. Uh, welcome to the show from Network Sound and Video, Vito Farah. Vito, how are you doing? Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good to be with you, and it's a blessed weekend ahead of us. Uh, indeed it is. Indeed it is, you know. And, uh, you know, Memorial Day is coming up uh, here soon, Vito, in just a couple of weeks. And, you know, a, a lot of people have treasures uh, from you know World War II era and 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 since then, that folks need to store and need to save for future generations because you know it won't be too much longer, unfortunately, Vito, before we lose our last World War II veteran. You know that they they're they're falling day by day, and uh, the time is just clicking away on them. You're absolutely right, Chris, and. Um... We get these tape reels in. Mostly it's audio reels that we get in. Some of those are small, little three-inch diameter reel-to-reels, and they were called love letters, and those were transported back and forth through the mail, and it took wherever they were, whether they were in World War II or if they went up and through the uh, Vietnam War, they transferred those back by mail to their families and told them a little bit about it. They recorded only small little 10-inch tape recorders, 
and then the family would take the same reel, record over top of it, and send it back to their loved one. Oh, and wow. we still get these, believe it or not. And lately, we've been getting an onslaught of the Vietnam War veterans. Uh, two this week, as, as a matter of fact, one guy just picked up, and he had all kinds of honors and badges, and there were so many ceremonies for him. And the other gentleman came in uh, this week earlier, and he dropped off his uh, tapes. And uh, he was a he was a uh, Vietnam veteran also, and he worked on the USS Kitty Hawk, which is an aircraft carrier right. that was uh, for many many years uh, in in and out of Philadelphia Air Naval Base and up in Philly. And uh, he showed me pictures of it and everything. When he was a skinny little kid, you know. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny to see the see the pictures when they're in right. the military and see them today. And yeah, that's you, really. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Kitty Hawk, if I'm not mistaken, I think they picked up some of the like returning Mercury capsules and Gemini or something like that. It seems like they they did that, but uh, you know, it, it's got to be it's got to be heart wrenching sometimes when you hear what's on those tapes, isn't it, Vito? Oh, it is. I mean, sometimes these guys are actually uh, in maybe one of the huts out there, and you've actually heard gunfire and bombs, and you have to interrupt this. Uh, I'm, uh, Mom, I'm trying to tell you what's going on. Hold on, hold on. Wow. They said get under the bunker. Okay, everything's clear. I'm back at you. And they're just joking around with it, you know? And they said, if the one comes in really, really close, don't worry about it. You won't hear it. And this is the kind of stuff that they do, and it's going back to say, are you making my favorite mashed potatoes and beans again? You know, <laughs> Pop's going to really love them. I can't get, wait to get back in the States. Oh. And you hear all that stuff, and then some of them are conversing with their girlfriends or, or new wives, uh, and it's just it's just really amazing stuff to hear. But bringing it back to life, especially when these guys are, uh, many of them are in early to mid-70s about now that uh, have recorded these reels and brought them back home. So, yeah, Memorial Day is a very, very uh, big holiday here. And they bring them in not just for that reason, but for just because they wanted to get them, you know, back transfers to something they could listen to, either CD or an MP3 file. And once again, what they do at Network Sound and Videos is they take all of our treasures, uh, whether it's a photograph, whether it's real tapes, uh, real, real tapes, or the the tapes that Vito was just talking about, or films, all of it, uh, you know, the VHS tapes, you name it. They have all the equipment there, and they do it in-house to uh, restore, in some cases, Vito, correct me if I'm wrong, and then, of course, to store these things in a digital format for many generations to come. And and I found out, and this I did not know that you did, um, and I guess Rhonda did this, uh, your your wife Rhonda, uh, for one of my, my sponsors, uh, other sponsors, Rick Brown, he brought you some, I guess it was poetry and writings that his father had done. And you were able to catalog those and, and, and put those in a digital format, making it easy to, to access. Uh, so you did, you're doing more stuff than, than I thought you did. Yeah, there's a lot of other things that we do. Anything that's old media at all. Now, this what, what Rick brought in was catalogs of books. These were big old books, almost like photo books. Oh. And they had everything in there from, you know, recipes and pictures and backgrounds and all the poetry, like you would mention, from his dad. And they were in this book, but you couldn't share it. What, are you going to take a picture of it or something? You couldn't get it out of the book easily to take a photocopy. So what we did was we scanned them carefully, added some color to them, and brought back some of the color that may have been missing if there were some color pictures, and put everything on a PDF flash drive. So he had all these big, heavy books he brought in, I think, in, like, uh, Walmart bags or something like that, you know. Right, right. And he walked out with them all on a flash drive. He couldn't believe it. 
Uh, and he was yeah. tickled to death. And, of course, now it's easy for him to pass these on to other members of his family and friends or whoever. I mean, it, it's really fascinating. And, and I wasn't aware you do. And, and it's got, you have to have I mean, you, you truly must have extraordinary patience to be able to do this, uh, Vito, because it's, it's very painstakingly meticulous work, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's uh, like scrapbooking is. It takes a long time to put these things together. And sometimes people will bring those in and they want to share what they did in the books. And that's what we same thing. We'll scan the pictures or shoot the pictures and be able to put those into either JPEGs or PDF files. And they can attach it to Facebook and they can you know send, send them on Instagram and email them out to their friends and stuff. So that's what makes it really special, especially when they're old, like it's from mom that did it or grandma or grandpa or somebody like that that they really want to share, and it's impossible for them. They have the only book in the whole world, you know what I mean? And now they can put it on all the social media and bring it back to life and mostly share it to, for people around the world. Now, Network Sound and Video is located on Ronald Reagan, north of 434, and you've been there how many decades now? Three or four decades? <laughs> well, we've been at this location for like 25 years, and we were in Lake Mary for five. Right. Then we had our studios up in Philly uh, for 13 years, so we're celebrating some 42, 43 years right now of doing audio, video, restoration, recording, production, and everything uh, that you can think of. So that gave us the experience over the year. And of course, we catalog of equipment, a couple thousand feet here. Of You've seen so much equipment that we've got oh, yeah. in order to restore the old tapes and the videos and the umatic tapes and the digital, uh, pre-digital equipment, and we bring that all back and put it onto the digital well, you, uh, you've, technology, which is amazing. You've got equipment there that you, you, you can't get anymore. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we're also, and yeah, I have to flip my hat around because now I'm a fix-it guy, you know, all day putting belts and, and lubricating drives and things like that to keep the stuff running. The good thing is, it's like an old car. If that old car runs and runs and runs, it stays in shape. If something sits around for 10 years and it's un, untouched, that's when it jams up and locks up. So I tell folks, if you've got an old videotape, don't just put it in a player that you haven't played for 10, 15 years. It's going to eat it up and ruin it. Bring it in. Our machine, machines run smoothly, and they're not going to hurt it. And, and if something's broken with the tape, we can also do all those repairs all in-house. Hey, Vito, speaking of tapes, I think I heard or read recently where a VHS unopened tape of the original Jaws movie sold for like ten dollars or $20,000 or something like that. Have you heard of any of that thing, that sort of thing going on? Well, that's that's where you'll find some of the craziest things that people will pay an absorbent amount of money for things that are archived and in the original packaging and stuff like that, like you know baseball cards and uh, and the like. Yeah, records. I've gotten some records in for people that they didn't re- they didn't make them into CDs. These are old things from the fifties and sixties that are in the original shrink wrap, Chris. You can't believe it. Wow. Now we have to open them for the first time and they're pristine, and then they transfer over, and of course they just have one track on each side when you do it. So we track ID them so that if you're putting them, let's say playing them in a CD player, they'll, they'll play each song just like you would if you had bought an original CD. But, yeah, and so we're real careful with things like that, and it's amazing what they pay for them. After they get them transferred, they can, you know, keep them and archive it, or they can resell them. And, once again, they do all of this in-house right there in Longwood. They don't send anything out to anybody else. And everybody's really thrilled, too. And I guess for lack of a better way to put it, uh, Vito, the, the packaging, the way they get it back. Yeah, that takes, uh, that takes a lot of skill in order to get the, 
the uh, the printing on the discs if we're doing discs and the and and, and I uh, itemizing every single flash drive with with file folders and numbers and dates you know and grandmom's dates on there and and Aunt Louise and things like that we put those into folders anniversaries and parties and things so that they can easily access these files so it makes it so much easier than the original you know than the original uh, uh, media as it was so yeah it takes a lot to get things packaged up looking good and making sure that they're preserved for a lifetime to come. And, you know, Vito took some film reels of ours from my family, and they had been transferred to a VHS tape before, and, and I, you know, I was I liked it, obviously, but when I saw what Vito did when he transferred it to a DVD and a thumb drive for me, the difference was night and day. So don't trust your stuff to anybody else. Take it to Network Sound and Video. Nito, Vito, I'm sorry, you do a great job over there, and thanks for sitting in with me today. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it, and uh, God bless you and those loyal listeners out there. Absolutely. So when you go to Network Sound and Video, once again, it's right there on Ronald Reagan Boulevard, oh, about a mile or so north. of What's the official address there, Vito? It's 2520, 2520 North Ronald Reagan Boulevard, and it's about two miles north of 434 right. and about a mile south of 1792. Ronald Reagan crosses both of those big intersections. Easy yeah. to find. Easy to find. So take it over there and tell him that you said, hey, we said, hey, and that you heard about him. You heard him on the radio. All right. Thank you so much, Vito. We appreciate you. Thanks, Chris. God bless. All right. Thank you so much. Same to you. All right. That's going to wrap it up uh, this week for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Once again, I am Christopher Hart. Me have been sitting, have been, <laughs> and I've been sitting in for Roger, and I appreciate that opportunity. And don't forget to support his supporters like Network Sound and Video, Florida Door Solutions, Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair, Sheeler Auto Repair, and of course, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and Burn Fat Orlando. So, Roger will be back next week. So, bye, everybody.